Matthew chapter 7, if you're able to stand with us tonight. I quoted this verse this morning and just kind of made a few comments about it, but it's still on my heart tonight, and so I, I want to preach uh, what's on my heart tonight. I think the Lord will help us. Matthew 7 and verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Lord, I pray tonight that for the next few moments you'll touch us physically and spiritually. I pray most of all that you take this passage of Scripture and speak to our heart on a personal level. God, may it be life-changing for your honor and your glory, and we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. In Matthew chapter number 7 here, the Sermon on the Mount, I'm sure you've heard me make these statements before, but it's worthy of mentioning again that in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, this being the first sermon that our Savior publicly ever preached, he spoke about many different subjects in this sermon. If you was to go home tonight and read these three chapters here, uh, Christ spoke about several things and there's a reason for that but it's not what we're preaching on tonight but woven throughout all the many subjects that Jesus will deal with uh, in the Sermon on the Mount the one subject that seemingly keeps coming up over and over is the subject of prayer. Uh, Jesus keeps mentioning uh, the subject of prayer. If you go back to chapter number six and verse number five, he begins to talk about prayer and he speaks about the problems of prayer. As he tells us in verse number five here, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets. And he talks about one of the problems of prayer is that their prayer is not sincere. And if we're gonna pray, we have to be sincere in our prayer life, amen? The Pharisees love to pray, but they love to pray for the wrong reason. They love to pray standing in the street corners and in the synagogue where they would be heard and where they would be seen of men. And prayer is not about being seen by men it's, it's, and not being heard by men, but prayer is about being heard by God. And so one of the problems is, is they lack sincerity. And then he talked about that prayer is to be secretive. In verse number six, he said, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. Prayer is to be in secret. Uh, we are to steal away somewheres and pray as the songwriter said. And then it ought to be simple as he said in verse number seven to use not vain repetition as the heathen do for they think that they'll be heard for their much speaking. I think when we talk to God we ought to talk to God in a very simple manner. Amen. I, you know I kindly uh, think that when we pray that we ought to not try to impress God with our words or impress him. God knows everything and, and when we come to God the sincerity level ought to just be very simple and we ought to pray as God has taught us to pray and then he tells us that prayer is to be sovereign in verse number 8 he said be you not therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. God already knows the need and so we ought to be reminded that prayer is a sovereign act. It's between us and God. We're talking to one that's all powerful 
powerful and one that is almighty and that is all sovereign. And so Jesus deals with the problems of prayer. And then he deals with the pattern of prayer in verse number nine. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's teaching us a pattern of prayer. And he says that there ought to be worshiping involved. As he says, hallowed be thy name. And then yielding ought to be involved. As he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's yielding, amen. When we pray, we ought to worship and we ought to yield. And then he tells us here that there ought to be asking involved. As he said, give us this day our daily bread. You know, sometimes the reason that our prayers are not answered is because we start asking and we've not worshiped and we've not yielded, amen. But if we worship God and then we yield our will to God's will, then we're able to ask God. And then there's confessing. As he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then there's watching in prayer. As he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. These are all a pattern of prayer. Worshiping, yielding, asking, confessing, watching. And then he closes that prayer by telling us that there ought to be praising involved. As he says here in the latter part, he said, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. What is Jesus doing? He's talking about the problems of prayer. When you get all these things out of the way and you get in the right place, if you use the right pattern and if we'll pray in the right format, then what can happen is our text tonight. We can experience the promise and the power of prayer tonight, amen. You see, you can't claim verse seven of chapter seven and ignore the verses in chapter six. You gotta get the problems out of the way. You gotta pray in the right pattern. In fact, there's six things in there, those things that we just mentioned. And if you'll take those six things and pray 10 minutes doing those things, uh, uh, listen, uh, we can fulfill what Jesus said uh, to the disciples in the garden that day when he said, what, can you not watch one hour? Six things. Uh, if you'll take those six things and pray in that format, you say, I couldn't worship God for 10 minutes. Well, I think we could, amen. There's certainly a lot we can yield to God uh, for 10 minutes. There's certainly a lot we could ask God. But if we'll do that, we could watch one hour, as the Bible said. And as the psalmist said, even and morning and noon will I cry aloud. There's much to be said about prayer. But when we come to chapter seven, Jesus gives the promise and he gives the power of prayer. I wanna preach a few minutes tonight on that subject, on the power of prayer tonight. How many of y'all believe there's power in prayer? Tonight I believe there's power in prayer. And Jesus in this text here, when it comes to this thought here, he gives us in verse number seven and eight, he gives us the invitation to pray. As he says, ask, seek, and knock. If you take that little word ask, that's what it stands for, ask seek and knock and Jesus gives the invitation and then he gives the illustration about prayer as he talks about this father and this son relationship how that this son comes to this father and he asks for two things he asks for bread and he asks uh, uh, for me and the Bible tells us those are two necessities of life and so the father you know will grant those needs because that's exactly what they are they are real needs in his life and just as I as this father would meet 
meet this need, he gives the inspiration in verse number 10, as he says, or verse 11, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, then how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask of him? And so there is the power of prayer tonight. Jesus has given us this promise. He has inspired us. He's given us an illustration, and he has extended an invitation to you and I tonight that if we will practice prayer in our life, God will allow us to experience the power of prayer if we'll trust him tonight. I want to say tonight, as I mentioned this morning, God is more willing to answer prayer than we're willing to ask him tonight. Promise after promise after promise. We see here tonight the power of prayer is seen in three things. Number one, it is seen in the promise. When you think about what Jesus said in verse seven and eight, he said, ask, seek, and knock. Isn't that right? Most of the time, that's all we ever think about when we think about this verse. The asking, the seeking, and the knocking. But I want to tell you tonight, the promise is not in asking. The promise is not in seeking, and the promise is not in knocking. You say, what do you mean, Brother Gravely? I mean, that's my responsibility tonight. That's your responsibility. When it comes to to prayer, you and I are to ask God, we're to seek God, and we're to knock. When we're asking God, we're asking for assets. There's things that I need that I cannot supply myself, but God can supply those needs. When we're seeking God, we're seeking for answers. God, I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the know-how. I don't have the ability, but I'm seeking your will. I'm seeking your word. I'm seeking your way. I'm looking for an answer. And then when we're knocking, what we're doing is we're wanting an open door. We're looking for an avenue. Assets, uh, answers, and avenues. Uh, You know where they're at? They're not in our responsibility. You see, all I can do is ask God. All I can do is seek God. All I can do is knock. I can't produce anything. I can't make anything happen. Obviously, if I'm asking God for it, it means I don't have it. Amen? But see, the promise is not in asking. The promise is not in seeking. And the promise is not in knocking. You say, where is the promise? The promise is in this. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. You see, the promise tonight does not rely on the responsibility of man. Ask, seek, and knock. But the promise lies on God tonight. It shall be given. You shall find. It shall be open unto you. God said, if you'll ask me, God said, I'll give you the asset. God said, the promise is on me. He said, if you'll seek me, God said, you'll find the answer because he is the answer and I'll give you the answer. He says, if you'll not, God said, I'll open the door. I'll open a door that no man can open and I'll open a door that no man can shut. God said, if you'll knock, God said, I'll do things in your life that no one else could do. Do you believe that tonight? That's the power of prayer, that ought to motivate you and I to pray tonight, that my friend, the promise is not within myself, but the promise is in God, that if I trust and believe, and if I'll just ask, God said, you do your part, and I'll do my part. There's something tonight I've been asking God for, as I mentioned this morning, for this church, and that every time I pray, the devil says, not gonna happen. The flesh says, not gonna happen. Well, both of them you can't depend on tonight, amen? 
And I'm not talking to the flesh. I'm not talking to the devil. I'm talking to one that I've depended on ever since I've been saved. I'm talking to one tonight that says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or that we seek or that we uh, shall find according to the power that worketh in us. I'm telling you tonight, I don't have power, but I know somebody that does, amen? And the promise tonight of prayer is in him tonight. I see not only the power of prayer is in this promise, but the power of prayer tonight is also seen in the person. The Bible said in verse number nine here, or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? You notice tonight there's a relationship. This is not just anybody praying in this verse. It's not just anybody that's coming. It's a son. You see, tonight if a stranger was to knock on your door and was to ask for uh, maybe a drink of water, I'm sure you would give it to them. If they was to knock on your door and they was to maybe ask you know, for a little piece of money, perhaps you would even give it to them. But tonight, if they was to knock on your door and was to say tonight, I need a place to sleep, someone that you've never seen before, someone that you know, and I don't just need a place to sleep, but I'd like to have your bed. I'd like to have your room. Probably not a person in here tonight just gonna open their door to a total stranger and say, come on in here and find your place on the couch or sleep. Yeah, you can have my bed. Not just anybody gonna do that. Now, listen, but if your son was to knock on your door, if your daughter was to come and say, I need a place to sleep tonight. I need to come in. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. It wouldn't matter if it's three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna open the door. Isn't that right? You're gonna let them in because there's a relationship between you and them that you don't have with just anybody else. I wanna tell you that's the God we serve tonight. God said, I want you to come boldly to the throne of grace and mercy that you might find grace to help in time of need. I wanna tell you God's willing to answer our prayer tonight, not because we're good, not because we deserve it, not because we're super spiritual. I'm gonna tell you why God answers our prayers, because there's a relationship between us and him through the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. We should never boast when God answers prayer. We should never stick out our spiritual suspenders and say, well, I prayed and look what happened. Oh, no. God don't bless prayers on merits. It's on mercy. If any, if the prayer got answered, all to not say, well, I prayed and, and I sought God and I, I begged God and look what happened. No, no, that's pride, friend. That's a good way to get your prayer life cut off. I'll tell you what we ought to do when God answers a prayer. We ought to humbly raise our hand and say, I want to thank the Lord. I had a real need. I had a real situation, had a real circumstance. I don't deserve it. But I'll tell you what, God is so good. He is so wonderful. In spite of my old self and who I am, he heard my earnest prayer. I'm here to tell you tonight, friend, that whenever you think about it, there's a relationship and God doesn't work because of us. He works in spite of us. That's how he answers prayer. He didn't answer prayer because of me. He answered prayer in spite of me. Tonight, you think about the power in prayer, it's in the person. You know why this boy is getting his needs met? Simply because he's asking. When's the last time you really asked God for some things? When's the last time you really prayed about some things? 
Tonight, do you have a prayer list? Tonight, do you have things that you're asking God for? Don't run in the energy of the flesh. Don't trust yourself. The insufficiency of man has deceived a lot of people. But I want to tell you tonight, we serve an all-powerful, all-sufficient God that if we'll do like the songwriter said, if we'll take our burdens to the Lord and leave it there and put it in God's hands, God's able to do what you and I cannot do because there's not power in men, but there is power in prayer. Amen? There's not power in religion, but there is power in prayer tonight. You can pray to Buddha. You can pray to Mohammed and nothing's gonna happen. But if you pray to God and if you trust God, there is a God in heaven and God hears and he answers our prayer tonight. I mentioned Hudson Taylor this morning. I read a story a while back. Hudson Taylor in 1854 was headed to China and uh, Hudson Taylor nearly lost his life two different times on his way to China. But he was so determined to bring the gospel to the Chinese that he pursued in spite of everything he'd been through. And while that Hudson Taylor was on that, <clears throat> while he was on that boat, a fierce storm came up, what they call a four-knot wind came. And it was pushing that vessel toward the shores of New Guinea. And as it was pushing that vessel toward the shores of New, New Guinea, the captain and those that were on board had done literally everything within their power they could to try to turn that vessel away from those reefs that they were about to crash into. The New Guinea, uh, those natives had already lined up on the shore and they were staking fire stakes upon the shore and was getting ready uh, for those men to wreck in those reefs so that they could take their bodies and those uh, headhunters and they could take them and they could torture them and kill them and eat them. As the wind was pushing them toward that shore, the captain finally looked at them and he said, fellas, I'm sorry. We've done everything that we can do. The wind is just too strong. There's nothing else we can do. We're gonna die. And Hudson Taylor said, no, we've not done everything we can do. He said, four of us on this vessel are Christians. And he said, Captain, if you'll permit us to go to our quarters for just a few moments and allow us to pray, we'll ask God to turn the tide and turn the wind. He dismissed them. They went to their quarters for a few moments. They had prayer. And when they come back up, Hudson Taylor found the first officer that he could find. He said, drop the four corners of the mainsail. And that officer looked at him. He said, this is nonsense. He said, you can't pray up wind. And about that time, he said, the top of that main mast began to tremble. It began to tremble all the way down. Hudson Taylor said, in spite of what you think, drop the mainsail. He said, when they dropped the mainsail, he said, a fierce wind began to come through and began to push that vessel in the opposite direction like it never been pushed before. Uh, my friend, it pushed them to safety. It pushed them out of the hand of the enemy. You say, what was that? I'll tell you what that was. Uh, that was God's what that was. Uh, I'll tell you what that was. Uh, that's the power of prayer, friend. Uh, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, it's somebody that grabbed a hold of the horns of the altar and said, in spite of the circumstances, uh, in spite of the doubters, uh, and in spite of the situation, I'll trust God to see me through, amen. And tonight, the same power in Hudson Taylor's life is the same power in our life tonight. But the power's in the promise, it's in the person. And then I wanna say tonight, 
It's in the provider. As the Bible said in verse number 11, if you then being evil know how to good gifts unto your children, how much more? You ought to circle that. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? You know, tonight I don't think there's any greater joy than being able to give your children gifts. As my children was growing up, I didn't give them everything they wanted for two reasons. One, they didn't need it, and two, I didn't have it. Amen? Amen. Baptist preacher, your favorite verse is where Peter told the man at the gate, beautiful silver and gold, have I none? (laughs) They didn't get everything they wanted. We didn't take them to the mall every Saturday. We didn't take them to the mall, period. Somebody say amen. Amen. Didn't hurt them one bit. But I want to say this, at Christmas time, those special occasions, we would buy something for them and we would give them something. And I can remember when I was a kid, oftentimes uh, something would be said, parents would say things like, well, it's more gift. I just, I just rather give to my kids as get a gift. You know, as a child growing up, I would think, man, they're crazy. I, I would rather get a gift, Brother Blake, as give it to somebody. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. As a teenage boy, I, I, I whole much, much rather somebody give me a BMW when I was 13 years old as to have to give one to somebody else, amen. Now, I know some of y'all are more spiritual than I am, but I'm just telling you how it was. But there's something changes when your children come on and you start having kids. You see the joy and the blessingness. You see how that it, how that it helps them and how that it's good to them. And, and you, you get the blessing out of giving. You know, tonight God gives to us, number one, because sometimes we need it. And then God gives to us Sometimes just because he's good to us. I guarantee if you walk around your house tonight, there's things you have that you don't need, but God gave them to you. Tonight there's prayers that God, there's desires that you had that you probably really didn't ask God for, but it was a desire and God gave it to you. You didn't need it, but he gave it to you. You know why? Because he's good to us. We're his children. And I'll tell you what those gifts of goodness prove to us that if God would be so gracious to give me something now and then that I didn't even need because he's that good to me and he loves me that much, would that not be proof tonight that if God would go the extra mile and give me something just out of goodness, not out of necessity, then surely tonight if he'll go that far just to give me something out of goodness, I wonder how far he would go when need really does come in my life. I I wanna tell you tonight, God will provide for us. He will take care of us. He don't give us everything we want, but he has given us everything that we need in this life. God knows what we need. He knows how much we need. And he knows when we need it tonight. Isn't that him? George Mueller, pastor of the same church, 66 years. Can you imagine that? Started five orphanages and was responsible for over 100,000. Can you imagine that? Over 100,000 orphans in New England alone coming to know Christ. 66 years. Mueller pastored that one church in Bristol. When you think about the life of George Mueller, somebody asked him one time, they said, Mueller, uh, said, Brother Mueller, how how many times a day do you pray? He said, hundreds of times. He said, what do you mean hundreds? He said, I talk to God all day. I mean, he had, he had five orphanages that housed, uh, uh, housed 10,024 orphans. Can you imagine that? And he prayed. 
and he trusted God. And that was his life. As he lived by prayer, he never directly asked anybody for anything. He asked God. I want to say tonight, the same God of him is the same God that we serve tonight. There's power in prayer. There's power when we come to God and we lay it on the altar and we ask God, tonight, you ought to pray for your children. You ought to pray for your grandchildren. You ought to pray for your church. You ought ought to pray for your Sunday school teacher. You ought to pray for your pastor and your pastor's wife. God knows I need it, amen. You ought to pray. Listen, you ought to pray for the choir before they sing. Pray all throughout the week. God bless Bible Baptist choir. You say, well, we got a good choir, but we could have a better choir if we prayed. Isn't that right? Pray for Brother David. Pray for his throat. Pray that God will touch him. Pray for those that play the instrument. You say, well, they do a good job. Yeah, but they still need to be prayed for, amen? Y'all still pray, God, touch those instruments and touch those that, that, that play them. Pray that everybody in the church will get right and live right. Isn't that a good prayer? Pray that people will get sin out of their life and, and pray that the church will have power and that young people will yield their life to God and go to the mission field and serve God. There's so much to pray about. Pray that people will get saved and that they'll walk in the aisle and get born again. Pray for our visitation program on Saturday. Pray for for the jails and the nursing homes and pray that God will open more doors, that he'll send in the money to build a new church and to go forward for the glory of God. You say, well, I can't do much. Oh, you could pray, couldn't you, amen? You ought to write every one of those things down until you memorize them and pray and pray. And I wonder what God would do if everybody or if just half of us tonight started praying about those things. Don't you think that would get heaven's attention if we got serious about praying about those things don't get satisfied you know I I love this church but don't you want this church to be better a year from now than what it is not in the eyes of men I mean I want to see people get saved I want to see more families come in and the families we got grow hey pray the devil off this church don't you think the devil hates Bible Baptist Church Pray a good spirit in here every service. Pray that anybody that has a bad spirit will get right with God. Amen. Pray that anybody try to hinder the work, God will move them out of the way. Amen. Amen. I don't pray people in the graveyard, but I pray God keep hindrances out of the way. Amen. I'm just talking about pray. Listen, pray for our nation. Pray for our president. Pray for our governors. Pray for our senators. Pray for those who are in Congress today. Pray for Washington. Pray for our churches across America. That revival would start again. Don't give up tonight. Believe there's power in prayer. Pray that Jesus would come soon. Amen. Even so, come quickly. Lord Jesus, amen. Pray, but until he comes, that we'll have grace to go on and serve God and do more for God. I mean, there's much to pray about. You ought to pray for your wife. You ought to pray for your husband. You ought to pray for your children. You ought to pray for your grandchildren. You ought to pray for their salvation. You ought to pray for their safety. You ought to pray for their spirituality. You ought to pray that God will keep them from sin and Satan and that they'll serve God all the days of their life. I'm talking about there is so much. You ought to pray for the deacons that God will help the deacons and the pastor and give us wisdom and leadership and for open doors. I'm talking about pray, friend. There is much to pray about tonight. The old saying is, I don't know who said it, but heard it all my life. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. But no prayer, no power. If anything makes God sick, it would be the performance of man. Oh, and God knows tonight I'd have to raise my hand. 
Who say I've been guilty of that? The energy of the flesh. Well, I'm telling you, we, God can do more through us. God don't care how good somebody can sing. He don't care how good somebody can preach by man's standard. I'll tell you the missing element in most churches today is not a smooth service, a great choir, and a good delivery in a, in a message. People are so fooled by personalities nowadays. Do you know most of those men had no personality? Charles Spurgeon didn't have a personality. So how do you know he lived most of his life in depression? He ran from people. Died at 57. Young man, wasn't he, when he died? Died in 1892. Mueller died in 1898. And D.L. Moody died in 1899. Boy, the 1890s was a turning point from the 19th century into the 20th century, wasn't it? Those men were not known for men of great personalities, but I'll tell you what they were known for. Men of great power. Men of prayer. I ask you tonight, how's your prayer life? I challenge you tonight. I challenge myself. God, help me. Lord, help me. Help us tonight to be a people of prayer. Prayer changes the whole course of your day. Do you know that? Prayer makes the day go smoother. And prayer, when the day don't go smoother, it helps your spirit to stay consistent. Prayer partners with God. Prayer changes the prayer. Prayer saves sinners. Prayer does what we cannot do tonight. Prayer reaches beyond the realm of humanity. Prayer moves the hand and the heart of God tonight power of prayer. How about it tonight? Are you praying? Are you earnest? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You want your children to live for God? I'm going to tell you something. Pray for them every day. Every day. Pray for them. Call their name out in prayer. You want your grandchildren to live for God? Pray for them every day. Every day. I take them to a good church. Not enough. I read the Bible to them at home. It's not enough. I'm not taking away from Bible readings. You've got to pray for them. I put the right standards and convictions in her life. That's wonderful, but that ain't enough. You got to pray. If God's ever real to them, you'll have to pray for them. Your children ought to hear you pray. They ought to know you have a prayer life tonight. Amen. I'm not fussing. I'm just preaching. I'm preaching to myself tonight. Pray, pray. pray. Prayer draws you closer, closer to God as we stand tonight.